Thank you for listening to the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe God has a place for you to belong, people to be in community with, and a purpose for you to fulfill. Now let's listen to today's message. Mother's Day message today. It's only going to take three hours. It's awesome. I'm kidding. Um, I'm going to do my best to make it short for the moms. Amen? Amen. So uh, if you want to open up your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 41 through 51. I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. And uh, I don't know about you, uh, I love Mother's Day, right? Isn't Mother's Day awesome? A day set apart to remind us how blessed we are for our moms. What a, what a great day. So I hope that you uh, have done that. You've set some time apart today just to be a blessing to your mom, encourage your mom, and uh, love on your mom. And I, and I hope today's message does just that, encourages and blesses our moms. So Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 51, out of the, pan, the Passion Translation, It starts, it says, every year Jesus' parents went to worship at Jerusalem during the Passover festival. When Jesus turned 12, his parents took him to Jerusalem to observe the Passover, as was their custom. A full day after they they began the journey home, Joseph and Mary realized that Jesus was missing. I don't know if you've ever lost a kid before, but that's a panic moment. Um, we've, We've done it a couple of times. And uh, it's kind of nice to know that the age now that if they get lost, it's their own fault. Um, it's not ours. Uh, but anyway, so they realized that Jesus was missing. Then it goes on and says they had assumed he was somewhere in their entourage, but he was nowhere to be found. After a frantic search among their relatives and friends, Mary and Joseph returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After being separated from him for three days they finally found him in the temple, sitting among the Jewish teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard Jesus speak were astounded at his intelligent understanding of all that was being discussed and at his wise answers to their questions. His parents were shocked to find him there, and Mary scolded him, saying, Son, your father and I have searched for you everywhere We have been worried sick over not finding you. Why would you do this to us? Boy, look at that. Mary was just like all the rest of us. Jesus said to them, why would you need to search for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be here in my father's house, consumed with him? Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand what Jesus meant. Jesus went with them back home to Nazareth and was obedient to him. And his mother treasured Jesus' words deeply in her heart. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you this morning for the gift of moms. I thank you, Father, that in your provident wisdom, you, you gave us mothers to nurture and strengthen us. And Father, I just ask you right now just to bless every single mom. Father, that they would know what a gift they are, and how much we appreciate them. And Father, I pray that this morning that your word, uh, it changes us and it impacts us. And Father, we thank you for this great example of Mary, Jesus' mom, that we find in the word. We thank you, Father, for your goodness in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You know what, moms? You're amazing. I have personally learned so much uh, just watching Janet uh, be a mom. I don't know where she learned it. I didn't know how she became a mom. Uh, when we met, she was just this hot, cute girl that uh, stole my heart. But somewhere along, she became a mom. And, and she's shown me, really, that, that moms, moms know how to love deeply. I don't think anybody loves like a mom. And, and you know what? The, another thing that she's taught me is that, that moms, they sacrifice abundantly. As I've watched Janet uh, parent and, and, and raise our children and sow into our children, she's always busy doing something for them, whether they realize it or not. And she's, she gives tirelessly. She just never gets tired of giving. And, and she prays, you know, fiercely. It's just, it's just been amazing to watch her, and, and I know that she's not the only mom that's like that. I, I think all moms love so deeply, and they, they give so sacrificially, and um, they, they, they just are so abundant in all their energy and their effort towards their families, and they pray so fiercely for their children. And you know, as I, as I look at Luke chapter 2. Moms, I know that when you read Luke chapter 2, you identify with Mary. And, and you realize what, what a moment that must have been for her, realizing that Jesus was gone and then taking three days to find him. You know, for the rest of us that are not moms, we don't feel this story the same way. But moms feel it in a special way. You know, that moms realize that, gosh, what, what that would have been like to, to have been three days separated from your child, just searching and searching for him. Moms realize the emotion that Mary must have experienced. The emotions that I think a lot of moms go through. You know, dads in that situation, you know, as me as a dad, I'm thinking, all right, we're going to go get him, and he's going to regret that he wasn't with us, right? Because that's how dads are. It's like, all right, mister, you know, you knew better. You should have been with us, but not moms. Moms are in a completely different place. I, I can imagine most moms would just go through this huge myriad of emotion. You know, I think fear would be a big one. You know, fear, okay, is my baby okay? Is he okay? And maybe for a moment, a mom would swing to inadequacy, asking herself, what kind of, what kind of mother am I? And how could I lose my child? To maybe anger. Joseph, I gave you one job, and you blew it, right? Or maybe even embarrassment. Asking herself, what, what, what kind of mom forgets their kid? Just all these emotions. And a mom understands that. She must have felt and experienced so many things in those couple of days. Her, her mind and her heart 
must have been barraged with emotion. Feelings of inadequacy and failure. But yet I love the words we see at the end of these pieces of scripture. It says that despite everything that she must have gone through and felt and experienced, it says that she treasured Jesus' words deeply in her heart. So many things could have affected her heart. So many things she could have taken to heart. And yet the thing that she clung to were the words that Jesus spoke. Out of the fear, the inadequacy, the anger, the embarrassment, she let the words of Jesus sink into her heart. Wow, what wisdom she had. So many things that, that could have infected her heart in those couple of days, and yet she chose to let the words of Jesus affect her heart. See, Mary teaches us a vital lesson, and this is the lesson, that we control what comes into our heart. We have control over that. She could have allowed so many things to infect her heart, but she chose to allow the words of Jesus to affect her heart. The lesson for us is that just like Mary, we control what affects our heart. We control what we allow into our heart. Proverbs 4.23 in the New Living Translation says this. It says, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What are you treasuring in your heart? What are you treasuring in your heart? Proverbs tells us that we should guard it because it determines the course of our life. In other words, our life becomes what we allow in our heart. I would say it this way. What are you allowing to take root in your heart. Because honestly, we we live in a we live in a crazy time. We live in a day and age where we're barraged with information from from the time that we get up to the time that we go to bed. And unfortunately, so much of it is right here. It's on our cell phones. It's we're barraged. Some of you check your email before you get out of bed. Some of you check the news before you get out of bed. Some of you check Facebook or Instagram before you get out of bed. And some of you do the same thing all over again when you go to bed and then several times throughout the day because it's right here. We're barraged with information. And if we're not careful, all the stuff that we're barraged with piles up on us. It piles up on us. And if we don't guard our heart, we'll start to let some of that stuff sink into our heart instead of choosing something else. So we need to have the wisdom of Mary and choose what we allow in our hearts because the reality is you cannot, you cannot prevent what is sprinkled on your heart. Stuff is going to get sprinkled on your heart. But you know what? You can prevent what takes root in your heart. 
And that's what Mary understood, is all the stuff that she was experiencing, she could let it take root in her heart, or she could choose to let the words of Jesus take root in her heart. You know, I would like to tell you that I'm this amazing gardener, but I'm really not. Um, but I do like to garden. I like to plant stuff. I like to see stuff grow. In fact, right now on my, my back porch, I've, I planted a little herb garden. I've got lots of cilantro planted in there and some Thai basil I'm really excited about. And then I got a big thing of regular basil and I planted um, some rosemary because I love rosemary. Just planted some stuff this year. But it's not the first year that I've planted a garden. There's been lots of years that I've planted a garden. And, and there's actually uh, been times where I uh, planted things and didn't realize that uh, it had been planted. Like, like one year, I planted this watermelon in the corner of our yard where things didn't grow very well. And I decided I was just going to let it grow out into the grass and kind of take over in this one section of the yard because it wasn't very good. And Zach went out to mow, and he just mowed it over. And I'm like... I'm like, son, you didn't really, because I just thought it was a weed, you know, and, and he mowed it over. But one year in particular, um, I got my seeds out, and, and I planted the garden, but I didn't label anything. So I didn't know what I had planted. Stuff, stuff started popping up, and you know, some plants you can kind of figure out what it is that you planted, but other plants you just don't have a clue. And I had to wait for the fruit to produce on the plant until I, oh, that's right. Those are jalapeno peppers I planted right there. I forgot about the jalapeno peppers. Or, oh, wow, that was, that was broccoli. I was wondering what this weird-looking plant was. I completely forgot to label it. And see, the reality is, is when you plant a garden, there's two times that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt what you planted. One, when you plant the seed because you take it out of the package. And the second time that you absolutely know what you planted in your garden is when it actually produces the fruit. So like, I have, I have tomatoes up here this morning, Roma tomatoes. And um, what's really great about planting tomatoes and, and just about anything else you can't, just, you can't just open up the, the seed packet and um, throw the seeds on the ground, right? I mean, you might get something to grow if you do that, but really, you know, they're just a little seed. You have to be intentional about planting it. In fact, if you look on the back of a seed packet, it almost always tells you how big of a hole to, to dig, right? How many seeds to put in the hole, how much dirt to put over the top of the hole, and how far apart to space them, and, and how big they'll be when they, they grow. And, and so I have a pot here this morning, and, and I've got some tomato seeds, and I don't have my glasses, so I can't really read how many I'm supposed to put in the hole or how big it's supposed to be. But, you know, when we plant something, we, we purposely dig a hole, we, we put in the seeds, and then, we, and then we cover it up. But from that day forward, until... The tomatoes appear on the vine. I don't know if I planted Roma tomatoes. I don't know if I planted beefsteak tomatoes or cherry tomatoes or one of the fancy heirloom varieties. It's just a pot of dirt with some seeds in it until I see the fruit. And what we have to realize is just like planting our garden, 
and waiting for the seeds to grow and germinate and produce a crop, that's exactly how our heart is. In fact, multiple places in Scripture, the Bible tells us that words, for instance, are seeds and our heart is soil. And what we need to realize is that when we plant something, it's going to reproduce. But it always reproduces more than what we planted. And the control that we have in the whole process is what we plant. What we plant. And our hearts, we have to be especially careful because we can plant things in our hearts and we can forget that we planted it until we reap a harvest. See, we can, we can allow bitterness to be planted in our heart. And how do we know that we planted bitterness in our heart? Because we reap a crop of bitterness. We can allow anger to be planted in our heart. And how do we know that anger has been planted in our heart? We reap a harvest of anger. We can let envy be planted in our heart. And how do we know that it's there? Because we reap a harvest of envy. We can allow jealousy to be planted in our heart. And we know it because we reap a harvest of jealousy. Proverbs tells us that we have to guard our heart. Because out of our heart flows the issues of life. I would put it this way, out of your heart, you're going to produce some fruit. You're going to produce some fruit. Your life is going to produce some fruit based on what you allow in your heart. See, the reality is, if you don't like what you're harvesting, you got to check what you're planting. Too many times, we don't check what we're planting. We actually had one year... Uh, we planted our whole garden, and all of a sudden we had tomatoes popping up all over. Well, we didn't realize that at the end of the year, when, when we turned our garden over and, and put the mulch and stuff in it, that there was a couple of tomatoes that had fallen in there and, and decomposed. And so when we turned over our soil and prepared it in the fall, that those seeds got planted, and in the spring they rose up. And so... We had tomatoes in all these random places in the garden bed. That happens in our life. See, things get dropped in our heart. We, we till it up in the soil of our heart, and it gets planted, and we don't even know it's happened. And then, and then a crop starts coming up. You know, sometimes we allow stuff to be planted in our heart, and it's because we just haven't given any thought to what's being planted. For some people, things were planted in their hearts when they were children. And now, all these years later, they're just getting the harvest of those things. It's the interesting thing about gardening. You will reap what you plant. It's inevitable. It, it always happens. And some plants, it's interesting, some plants germinate really quickly. And others, it takes longer. You know, I think about bulbs. You know, a lot of times you plant bulbs in the late fall or the winter waiting for them to come up in the spring, and they just sit dormant all that time. Sometimes the things that we've planted in our lives are like those bulbs or the tulips or the, 
daffodils. They sat in the soil dormant a long time until they produce something. So we need to ask ourselves, what have we allowed to be sown into our hearts? Are there things that maybe are sitting there dormant that we don't know about? Luke 6, verses 43 through 45 says this. It says, now good trees, a good, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings forth evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Wow, that's powerful. It says a good man brings forth good things out of the good things that he stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings forth evil things. I would just say it this way. You know what? You're going to produce good or bad based on what you've stored up in your heart. And you're going to know it but a lot of times by what you speak. So how can I tell what I've planted in, the heart, in my heart? What can I, what, how can I tell what I've planted in the garden of my life? By the things that come out of your mouth. Sometimes, actually all the time, our mouth reveals us. The things that we say reveal where our heart is. So if you say things that are cutting or angry, maybe there's been some things sown in your heart that, that are that way. See, we need to learn to control what we allow to be planted in our garden. We need to have the common sense to, that we would have with our garden of putting up barriers and pulling up the weeds so that we get the good crop. We need to have that same common sense with our heart and say, you know what, no, 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 that's not allowed to be planted here. I'm planting tomatoes because I like tomatoes, but I'm not planting zucchini because I don't want zucchini. Man, zucchini, it's the gift that keeps on giving, right? There's some things you plant in your heart that's a gift that keeps on giving, like zucchini. And you know, have you ever noticed that in August, when all the zucchini starts coming on, that one neighbor that has planted zucchini, they want to give it away, right? And so everybody in the neighborhood starts avoiding them because you can only eat so much zucchini. And through, through the month, the zucchini that they have to give you gets bigger and bigger, right? Have you ever noticed that? And they're like, hey, I've got some zucchini, and it's like this big, and they want to give it to you. Can I tell you that's exactly the same with our heart? Sometimes we allow things to get in our heart, and it gets so big that everybody sees it. And they're like, whoa, 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 no, 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 I don't, I don't want any of that. And the key is to check what you're allowing to be planted in your heart. See, Mary, she could have let anger be planted in her heart that day. Mary could have allowed fear to get planted in her heart that day. She could have let inadequacy get planted in her heart that day. She could have let insecurity caused by embarrassment get planted in her heart that day. 
but instead she chose to plant the words of Jesus in her heart. My encouragement to all of us this Mother's Day is let's be intentional about what we allow to be planted in our hearts. And I know that there may be some of you this morning that there's some fruit being produced out of seeds that were sown in your heart a long time ago. And, and those may have been seeds that you didn't intentionally plant, but somebody came along and scattered them. And you allowed them to stay long enough that they took root. And you're seeing the fruit in your life and you don't like it. Maybe you, maybe you struggle with anger. Maybe you struggle with envy or jealousy. Maybe you struggle with insecurity, feeling like you just don't quite measure up. Some things that we find in our heart, we didn't sow. But the great news is that we can choose to plant different things going forward. But I also believe that Jesus can heal our crop. That God can supernaturally pull those things out that were maybe planted. So if that's you this morning, and you'd say, you know what, Pastor, there's some things. I'm seeing the fruit, and I don't like what's planted in my heart. If that's you, I want to pray with you this morning. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for each and every person that has allowed some things to germinate in their heart and it's now producing a crop. But Father, I thank you that those things don't have to stay there. Those things can change. Those plants that are producing the wrong things can be pulled up just like we pull things up out of our garden. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray supernaturally things are being pulled out of their heart. Father, I pray that by your spirit you would reveal you would reveal the things that have been planted so that they can deal with them. And Father, I pray for healing of hearts. Father, for those moms for the moms that maybe are dealing with wounded hearts this morning. Wounded hearts. Father, I just pray restoration in their hearts this morning. And Father, for the one that's allowed fear to creep in, fear we command you, you have to go. In Jesus' name. Peace we command you to come into her life right now. Father, I thank you that you're revealing what is in our hearts so that we can properly tend our garden. We can have the wisdom of Mary and choose what we allow to take root. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus is truly the, 
the healer, the restorer, the one that can change our hearts. And the whole process starts with starting a relationship with Jesus. And I know lots of people have heard lots of different things about Jesus and lots of things about being a Christian. And, and I will tell you, some of it's probably true and some of it's probably not. But what I will tell you is this, that Jesus loves you. He absolutely loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He's not waiting to punish you. He just wants to be in relationship with you because he loves you. And so if you're with us this morning and, and you'd say, you know, Pastor, I would like to start a relationship with Jesus. And, and you know it's you because you can sense him working on your heart right now. You have this desire. And, and I realize you might have questions. You know what? You don't have to have all the questions answered to enter into a relationship with Jesus. So if that's you this morning and you would desire to start a relationship with Jesus right now, you can request prayer. We have prayer partners available for you right now. They would love to pray with you to start a relationship with Jesus. I also want to say that if, you know, you're one of those moms that maybe your heart's been wounded or injured or, or maybe you're not a mom, you're just a person that you'd say, you know what, my heart's wounded. I'm seeing some things produced out of my heart that I just don't like. Our prayer partners will be available for the next few moments. So if you would like prayer, please request prayer from one another. Church, we want, to know that we, we want you to know that we love you, that we're excited that we'll be back together in person next week. Please watch for that email um, and that letter as we send it out. And uh, all your moms, have a, have a wonderful Mother's Day. We love you. We can't wait to see you again soon. If you would like more information about River's Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.